When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Orange and blue sunset in mile high here in Broncos country. Let's get ready to ride. Russ and the rest are gonna light up the sky. Mondays couldn't get any worse, Hank. Today was just an awful day for the Denver Broncos and for Tim Patrick, a guy who everyone loves from coaches to players to fans to media. Tim Patrick is so loved in Broncos country in nearly a year, exactly a year since he went down last last year with a torn ACL. It appears Tim has suffered another season-ending injury, tearing his left Achilles today. Just absolutely brutal, Henry. Yeah, I mean, it's just terrible. I mean, it's terrible for Tim, obviously. It's terrible for the Broncos, obviously. And, I mean, the complexion of the season changes when you lose Tim Patrick. And, you know, might as well say it, K.J. Hamler is also gone. You know, what was he going to provide this year? I think he and Marvin Mims were probably going to compete. Um, I know other people were lower on KJ, but for a minute there, I was like, oh, okay, well, at least you you have a chance KJ can step up and be a fourth receiver, but he has the heart condition, and he was waived with the non-football illness, and now, now what was once the Broncos' deepest position, arguably... It, who who's even making the team at this point? I mean, took two massive blows. I, one really massive one blow, massive and, blow. and then just depending on on the the role you thought for KJ this year, I haven't been counting on KJ mm-hmm. for a, for a couple of years. Um, so this was like KJ would have been the cherry on top if this receiver room would have come out and had a really good year. KJ would have been the sweetest cherry on top to all of it. And now, as of now, you don't have. The, the option for that. We're going to dive into KJ and exactly what mm-hmm. this means because he, he might not be done with the Broncos, but he also might. We're going to dive mm-hmm. into that. But you talked about what this means. Tim going mm-hmm. out, what this means for the Broncos offense. When he got injured last year, there was two two kind of thoughts. 
Well, Tim's your third receiver. You should kind of be able to make it over the hump without your third receiver. And then there was another one where, man, he's the heart and soul of this receiver room. He's the heart and soul of this offense. Uh, with, with Tim Patrick, what, what do you, how are you going to replace that? And then the Broncos' offense struggled more than anyone could have ever imagined. Not all of that was because of Tim's absence, but damn, it would have been nice to have him uh, on, on Monday Night Football against Seattle week one. It would have been nice to have him when Jerry Judy goes out and misses a couple of games. It would have been so nice to have Tim Patrick. And now for a second straight season, you're likely not going to have him. After practice, Sean Payton said that Tim Patrick, uh, they were looking at his left Achilles. Adam Schefter has reported that it's believed that it's that he did tear his left Achilles. Which is so, what was basically said. Right. Which it, is kind of, yeah. It's pretty safe to say that looks like the worst case scenario is probably going to unfold here with Tim Patrick, especially with, with uh, uh, Adam Schefter putting that out there. And Henry, only 3,000 fans were at practice today. Only a handful of media were at practice today. And you hear, I'm going to need you to pull up the video. Um, we were not allowed to take videos no. at this time of the injury, but fans are out there. And if you look, here's here's what happened. It was a non-contact injury. Just keep, just keep letting it roll you here. It was a non-contact injury. Um, and we just think it's, you know, th this video's out here and we wanted to give fans the, you know, the most information that they can have. So we wanted to play this video. Um, and as you see, Tim's really just, I mean, he's doing kind of a small wheel route um, mm -hmm. and starting to break up toward the field and what looks like he just slips initially but then it's what happened right after this video you can see him going up reaching for his helmet he immediately takes off his helmet and throws it across the field uh and then he goes and takes his uh, his gloves off throws them and you can even hear like a little scream that he has um and to me tim knew right away Mm -hmm. Tim uh, with an Achilles sometimes a lot of the times there's a pop and I think Tim just knew right away that he was done then Cortland Sutton and Russell Wilson immediately ran over to him and uh, as brutal as it is practice just continued they, they, yep. they moved about 10 yards further downfield Russ and Cortland stayed with Tim they brought a cart around Tim got on the cart took him to the locker room and there's about 10 yards that you have to get to from the cart to inside the building. Tim took crutches mm -hmm. from there, uh, and uh, it was just, there was really no hope, seemingly. What, once he went down, you knew it was just probably going to be the worst case. Yeah, I mean, there just aren't a lot of things that that can be. You know, when, when, you, like, when you can't stand on it, when it just gives out when you're cutting, it, it is what it is, and I... I and Sean Payton was in no way hopeful. No. And and we all saw the same thing. It's it's just not a good situation, and that's a massive blow for the Broncos. Just a massive blow for the Broncos. I and mean, we we've seen it these past few days. Tim Patrick was cooking between the numbers. Like they were sitting him down the middle. They were running him the little drags. They were running him a little bit deeper, but still just those in-breaking routes. Especially in a Sean Payton offense, that stuff is so important. I mean, everybody thinks of Michael Thomas. You know, he gets made fun of for only running slants and whatever. But but that's because a lot of what Sean Payton wanted to do with the Saints was just get guys three, four, five yards downfield, get them the ball, and keep the keep moving. Just keep moving, moving, moving. Stay on time. Um, yeah, and when the defense screws up, like. Saturday when Damari decided he was taking the receiver instead of dropping back into his zone to take the running back up the sideline, bang, there's your big play. 
And that's what it's all built on is just hit the underneath, hit the underneath, hit the underneath. And then maybe something will open up deep. Tim Patrick has been that underneath guy for the entirety of this training camp. And, and that's it. And we knew that coming in, too. Well, and, and what is Tim Patrick? What has he been for the Broncos when he's been healthy? He's been Mr. Reliable. Yep. And he was the guy, even if he was going to be the Broncos' third receiver this mm-hmm. year, he was still going to be the guy that Russell Wilson and Sean Payton looked for on third and six when you needed a catch. He was going to be that guy. And like you mm-hmm. said, he, he has the ability to work um, deep, short, over the middle, outside. Uh, and so it's just such a blow. And second year in a row that Tim Patrick's going to miss. He signed his extension just six games before last year started. So he has not played a full season since he got his contract. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It's a massive bummer for the Broncos, but I'm really happy that Tim got his money before this because it, and that that's a big reason why you do take a little bit of a hometown discount in order to sign early so that when something like this does happen and you never want to see this happen to a player, not just one season ending injury, but two Mm -hmm. season ending injuries, you never want to see that, but at least he got paid. So on a personal note, thank goodness for Tim, but you could see right when he went down, just how devastating this was. Sean talked about it after Sean's only been here for a couple of months. And he said, you can tell how much the locker room loves him, how much he is the heart and soul of this receiver room. Pat Sertan talked about it. Josie Jewell, talked about it so this is a blow on the field it's also a blow off the field it's a blow in terms of mm. leadership on the offensive side of the ball we talk about dogs henry and a lot of the time when you talk about dogs you're talking about the defensive mm-hmm. side this team has so few dogs compared to that 2015 team yep tim was one of them yeah tim was not afraid to whether it was on the field being a dog mm-hmm. about just being a, a, a great blocker or then even getting in people's face when they need to hear it on their own team. Tim was not afraid to be that guy. So uh, as many people in the comments are expressing, just a very sad day, a bummer day. And Henry, you keep saying this is big for the Broncos offense. Mm-hmm. How big? I mean, it massive. I mean, that's... In a lot of ways, he was supposed to be the guy who keeps the offense on time. Like he, like the running game was supposed to just be part of that engine. You know, Jerry Judy is not a short route underneath guy. Um, he's you want him running deep. You want him running the deep overs, the corners. You know, Cortland Sutton. He, who we don't know who he is at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, he used to just be the deep guy. Mm-hmm. Now he probably steps into more of this underneath role. Hasn't had the hands that Tim has had. Like, there just isn't an obvious replacement. I mean, I think the closest thing, I guess Marcus Callaway, you you look to him to step mm. into that role, but Marcus Callaway has one, one season where he's kind of put things together and no others in his career. And that one season still didn't do what Tim Patrick did in his two seasons where he was a big part of the offense. So you still expect a pretty significant downgrade. And the other thing, very, very happy for Tim that he got his money. Um, obviously, and, and feel super bad for him. But I do think that in general, people, you, you should feel got bad for guys who get hurt. You should be happy for guys who get money. But there's a lot of the time, you know, even with the KJ Hamler stuff, there's a lot of, a lot of disdain toward KJ when there happens to be more, oh no, we love Tim. And, and there's reasons for that. There's production in the past and those sorts of things. You know, Juwan James had like this sitting out COVID thing and there were some effort things. But the way that you feel about Tim right now, whenever somebody goes through something like this, that's a good place to start with your feelings. And mm. it's nice to see for Tim. But it is kind of a reminder that 
You know, some some players don't get treated this way. No, it's good that Tim does. Uh, of course not. And, and and absolutely, I mean, when he was getting carted off, of course, the, the, yeah. there was a pretty loud um, applause. Maybe, honestly, the loudest applause we've heard from, from the 3,000 capped practices, yeah. 3,000 people capped practices that we've been able to hear. Um, and, Henry, we talked about this offseason, how the Broncos need two receivers to really step up out of this top group of three between Portland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and Tim Patrick. They really needed two of those guys to really take that step forward this year and become those guys. Now there's, there's no room for error for Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton, but that's who the most pressure is on in my mind right now is because yes, I do like Marcus Calloway. Um, uh, I think that that he can play. Marvin Mims is also a guy who I think could be the second leading receiver on the Broncos this year. But I'm not going to put that pressure on him and say, yeah. "Okay, you got to be Tim Patrick this year." Obviously, built very different, but I'm not saying he has to have the Tim Patrick production this mm-hmm. season. It's now all on Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. And you know what? The first five days of training camp practice, Cortland Sutton's made a, a great toe tap uh, toe tapping catch. Yep. Uh, Jerry Judy actually made one today. He did. But these guys have not looked like they're taking that next major step now it's not all on them the pass rush has been absolutely devastating the broncos offensive Mm -hmm. line which has made russell wilson's job really tough and russell wilson hasn't been able to deliver the ball like he wants so it's i'm not saying it's on those guys but we need those guys to take that big step forward and be a number one and be a true number two um because then you can have marvin mims be a really good number three Marquez Callaway can provide 700 yards like he's done before once in the NFL. He can do that, but if you're now relying on someone else to come in and compete for what Tim was going to do, man, you're in a world of hurt because you look at some of the free agents that are out there. There's a couple of big names. Yeah. But Henry, they're big names. They're old. From a while ago, yeah. exactly. Do you have the list of a couple of the guys that are out there right now? Because my point is, there's no one that's going to come in and be the savior. No. Jarvis Landry, Kenny Galladay, uh, Julio Jones, T.Y. Hilton, Sammy Watkins, Preston Williams, Nikhil Harry. Not uh, not, not a group where you expect much. Again, no. I mean, the other thing is, uh, Marvin Mims is a rookie. And Sean Payton even said today, you know, you've, he's had rookies who've come in and played really well. Yeah. He's had rookies who've come in and needed some time. Last year, what? Last year, there's seven receivers drafted in the second round. They averaged 33 and a half catches, 390 yards, 2.3 touchdowns. Um, the year before, I think, yeah, year before, there were five in the second round. And I didn't have a chance to just go look at just the rookie year because that's a lot tougher. But their averages over the past two seasons... So per season, um, as first and second year players, they've averaged 288 yards. Yeah, like now, that's what, what I will say dark. is it, it is dark. Uh, Sean Payton has been able to get more out of rookies. I believe mm-hmm. he's had multiple three or four thousand yard receiver mm-hmm. rookies. So that's the hope for Marvin Mims. He missed the first four days of camp. Sean sounded encouraged from Marvin Mims being back on the practice field today. Mm-hmm. Um, when I asked him about it, he said he looks good. He, he's going to continue to progress. And uh, he said he, he's really going to have a bigger role as this week goes on. Maybe he was already viewing that through the lens of Tim Patrick being down. And when he was talking about a bigger role and taking that uh, a bigger step, maybe he's really talking about being that number three for the Broncos right now. Regardless, this puts a lot of pressure on Jerry Judy, Cortland yeah. Sutton. And Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. Sean and Payton's supposed to be able to work magic 
this this is some magic that he's going to have to overcome because we saw mm-hmm. just last year how much not having Tim Patrick really hurt the team. And it puts pressure on Marvin Mims too, I think. I mean, because because he... I, mean, I don't know if you call it a perfect situation. You know, the, the fantasy football analyst would say it's a terrible situation. Yeah. But it is nice for a rookie to be able to come in and only play in situations that they're ready for and if, and if he was ready to play right. you know 60 percent of the snaps they could have found a way to uh, to do it but he wasn't going to be pushed into the game when he wasn't ready marvin mims is your number three receiver and there isn't really two ways about it at this point you know I- I- unless things go horribly wrong or a bit of a long shot you know marcus callaway turns out to be the next tim patrick marvin mims is pushed into that number three job right now like it's it's a pretty clear Jerry Judy's number one. Yeah. Cortland Sutton's number two. And I think with both of those, you know, Jerry Judy, we've had this discussion a lot. Number one receiver? Like, eh, not, not a number one receiver you're excited about. Right. But, you know, maybe right around there. Cortland Sutton, number two receiver? Maybe not a number two receiver you're excited about, but right around there. You're, you're asking for guys to play kind of at the best that they've played. And then you get to the rookie who, again, number three receiver. What do rookies do? 350 yards or so? Like that's, it's, it's, it's dangerous right now. It's yeah. really dangerous. Yeah, it, it, it absolutely is. Um, and speaking of dangerous, KJ Hamler, uh, he was supposed to be that, that danger threat for the Broncos, like the threat was. for the Broncos. It's, I mean, how many years of this has it been? 2020 is like, oh my God, they've right. got all four of these guys. It's going to be incredible. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And it just seems like every year there's something else. And with KJ mm-hmm. Hamler, He's no longer on the team. Yeah. So let's break this down, Henry. But first, I got to tell you about our friends over at Pins and Aces. Pins and Aces is great on the golf course. You know where else it's great? At Broncos training camp. Uh, because yes. it is like the, the best material. It's so comfortable. Uh, and you need to get yourself some Pins and Aces. Whether you want to wear it on the golf course or you need some golf gear for your bag. Maybe you need a bag. Uh, yeah. Some club covers. Head covers? Head covers. Head covers. Hey, second they, guess. Yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> second time's a charm. They have everything. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at a Pins and Aces bag. I'm looking at a Colorado head cover, mm. CSU head cover, uh, and then the CU head cover. They've got it all over at Pins and Aces. And you can get 15% off plus free shipping by using the code DNVR over at pinsandaces.com. We love them. We know you're going to love them, so check them out. And Volo Sports. Um, we have signed up for all sorts of different leagues. Um, yeah. From what I've heard, the company is not good at any sport. That's kind of what's our company. Like. Yeah, I think didn't it take them like six weeks to get their first kickball win? Well, don't people say like media? There's a reason you're media. Yeah. And our company is full of those people. Turns out they're right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's because I'm not playing actually. That's why we're struggling. Yeah, my toes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you they are broken. Us? By the yeah, way, I was gonna say we need an update. Breaking news. Ooh, ouch. More like <laughs> yep. breaking toes. Yeah. And went, so that was just because you uh, didn't want to turn the lights on to go yeah, to the bathroom in the night. Because I was an idiot. Well, there are two things. The first thing was I thought I could do some 10-pound uh, curls. Mm. Don't get arms like this without some 10-pound no, curls. Oh, look at those things. And then uh, I thought, like, oh, I'll eat dinner, and then I'll just do it once again. So I'll just, like, leave them on the floor right there. Mm. Next thing you know, it's a couple hours later. It's dark outside. So I'm turn them bang, and then... Blew up a couple toes. Oh, man. Got the x-rays this morning. You know what? We appreciate that you're playing hurt. You know you know what the worst part is? It's not the pain. It's that... You know what you do for a broken toe? Nothing. Nothing. Oh, and gosh. I know that. 
And so that's why I wasn't going to the doctor. But mm. somebody in my life was like, mm. you, just go to the doctor. It'll be good to go. That. So I go to the doctor and basically just give him a hundred bucks to be like, yeah, your foot hurts. It's like, yeah, you don't have to tell me. I could have told you that. Well, at least now you know that you're not being a wimp. That is true. You know? That is true. And now you can they complain about it. Do you can complain about it all you want because yeah. it actually is two of them are broken. Yeah. Did you think it was two? I had decided. So the weird thing is it was the one on the end that hurts the worst. Okay. But the one right next to it is the one where I was like, there's, I can see where it's broken. And so oh, I know that one's broken. This man. one, I know. And that's the one where I wasn't... I decided that one was, but it turns out the outside one has like a chip on the inside and then like a little hairline fracture through it. So it's like a little thing. But then the middle one is the one where it's like, bang, just right down the middle. Oh, man, that is brutal. Yeah. No kickball for you. Oh, that would be awful. <laughs> um, yeah. Wow. Maybe maybe I, I'll run into those guys at the doctor. Tim Patrick could recommend them. Mm. I, I was standing next to Steve Atwater today and he's just not he's just like standing there he's not talking to anybody i was like hmm, maybe i should ask him if he's ever broken a toe and i was like no nah. because there's like a five percent chance he's like yeah crazy story like <laughs> right. bro- some guy stepped on it. next thing you know like that was actually a game where i laid out christian okoye yeah like, yeah yeah there's a good With chance a he says toe. no right. <laughs> and then he really doesn't want to hear about my broken toes yeah so uh volo sports though if you have all your toes or even if you don't oh. but you've healed up Go play some kickball at Volo because uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, you also probably win because you get to play our team occasionally. Um, all sorts of different sports with the basketball and the beer games, all sorts of different stuff. You should at least get on the website and look. Plus, if you want to, instead of signing for a team, you can pay 20 bucks a month or 200 per year to get um, unlimited pickups, drop-ins, and tournaments um they've got sports events and social activities every night they're all around denver um all the way out to you know arvada and inglewood i phrased that in a way where i was like okay which ones of these are now the furthest apart <laughs> it's like all the way out to it's like oh and that was tough um but yeah they're everywhere and if you use the code dmvr10 you get ten dollars off so go to www.volosports.com slash denver and use that code dmvr10 for ten dollars off man just another blow about two hours after we saw Tim Patrick go down in practice. KJ Hamler announces on Instagram that he has been diagnosed with a mild heart irritation. Um, It it, it has a specific word. I don't know how to pronounce it, so I'm not even going to try. But a mild heart irritation. And he said he was feeling chest pains while working out right before training camp. Went to the doctors. They diagnosed with this. And he said he's going to take a break to get all of this taken care of so that he can get back to doing what he loves. And this is just, you just feel awful for KJ. I mean, this is something where it, not that injuries can ever be uh, managed, but, you know, a hamstring, sometimes it's just going to happen. A hamstring's going to to flare up regardless of what you do. Other times, you could stretch a little better to help that. Nothing that could be done here. And KJ, it's just injury after injury after injury and you can just tell how much this mm-hmm. game means to him. I mean, he had suffered two injuries two seasons ago. Last year, he's limited throughout a, a much of the season, only played in seven games, had seven catches. And then this offseason, when he's supposed to be healthy, he tears his pec partially torn. As he's working back from that, he then notices this mild heart irritation. And so, Henry, the Broncos have decided to move on from K.J. Hamler with a non-injury diet or a, a non-football illness Mm-hmm. diagnosis um and uh, 
it's being described a couple of other a couple of ways. Some people are saying this is purely procedural. The Broncos want to bring him back, but they need to open up a roster spot right now. Makes but sense. What's happening also is I don't want people just to get caught up in that thinking like, well, he's then just going to be stashed on the team somehow. That's kind of what a procedural move yeah. would be. No, the Broncos are moving on from KJ Hamler. They're waving him with the hopes of bringing him back when he's healthy. But Henry, he'll be able to sign with any team that he wants mm-hmm. when he's healthy enough or when a, when a team wants to pick him up. Now, uh, it's believed that this injury is going to be weeks, not months. Yep. He's taking medication in order to, to, to resolve this problem. He's not having a procedure, which is probably good news if you, if you can avoid surgery. So that's good news. But I just... I saw all these reports, and then I did some digging on my own. It's not like he's a guarantee to be a Denver Bronco again when he's healthy. Yeah, definitely. And first of all, you realize why they'd make a move like this. You know, it's in some ways kind of similar to when they released Mike Purcell on cutdown day last mm. year, procedurally, so that they could add him. But again, they, they're adding him back a day or two right later. Away. Yep. Not not saying, yeah, in a few weeks, we'll right. be doing that. Because right. a lot can change in a few weeks. Um, and like you said, the other piece of it, he can sign wherever he wants. Yeah. And given the Tim Patrick situation, you would imagine that he would see this as a good situation. Potentially. Because, because it's it's a chance to compete with Marvin Mims for the speed receiver job. Right. And if you if you were to just look at them both as draft prospects, you'd say, okay, KJ, KJ has a 60, 70% chance of winning that. You know, he's the better prospect of the two. We just have the few years of history, which right. again, mostly injury history. Where does that leave him? It's a complicated situation, but I think given the familiarity with the offense, given that this is now a receiver room that, you know, it's a lot easier to get on the field than it was a couple days ago. I, th- I think that assuming all goes well with his health, if he, if he signs another team, it's, it's going to be the Broncos. I'm confident in that. Although there is obviously reason to be doubtful. Yeah, and I mean, this could be signing with the Broncos as a practice squad player. True. Um, and then letting him work his way back mm-hmm. very, very slowly. No pressure on him because he's not taking up one of the 53-man roster spots yep. if this does take weeks uh, instead of months for him to come back from. But I think it's important that people understand right now the Broncos are not planning on K.J. Hamler to have a role on this team at all. Because what did they do when he's got injured the past couple of years? They've they've kept him on the team. Yeah. Uh, they they have not made this. So this is the most drastic move they made with KJ. And I just feel awful for KJ having to deal with something like this. And then you're also waived by your team. That's mm-hmm. that's the dirty business of football. But then you look at it from George Payton and Sean Payton's perspective. What are we supposed to do? We just had two receivers essentially go down today. We have to open up a roster spot. I imagine Tim Patrick's going to be put on IR when this news uh, of a torn Achilles does get conf- uh, officially confirmed. And then you also need to replace um, KJ somehow. Right now, the Broncos have 11 other receivers on their roster. And outside of those top three that we've talked about, wide open. As yep. wide open as can be. So, Henry, do you think K.J. Hamler plays another down for the Broncos this year? That's a tough or, or question. Or ever, I should say. Not this yeah, year. might as well. Um, I'll go yes. I'll buy the Mike Garofolo Kool-Aid okay. that like this that. is procedural. I, I, I hope that's the case. Me, definitely. Definitely. Um, my question, and I'll, I should have ran through the CBA and tried to find it myself. 
does he have to clear waivers? I would imagine he would, but the NFI thing with that designation, I'm not sure. It's a good that's question. the tough part. Yeah, because you kind of wonder if somebody would claim him. Sure. Especially if they think it's weeks. When there's 90 people on a roster now, it's not one of 53, it's one of 90. Like, the Broncos, what? They've got Michael Bandy out there. Right. Which, you know, if if a KJ Hamler from another team, say Jalen Rager, Jalen Rager kind of gets cut, you're like, ah, maybe maybe you bring him in instead of Michael Bandy, especially if you just get to pick up that contract, which seems so easy. So I am a little curious about that. But I'll say I think he does. Um, And... That's solely because Mike Garofolo said <laughs> weeks, not months, and it's procedural, and they want to bring him back. Right. But, I mean, it's... Uh, I'd, I'd be curious what the line would be set at on on uh, Bet365. Yeah, I would, too. Now, another question. Does Tim Patrick play another down for the Broncos? He is under contract <sighs> for one more season on his deal. I, s- I say yes, but it's a really tough decision because they would save $10 million if they move on from him. And he... You know, it, after this year, after this year. Correct. Yep. And he's getting his money this year. We as always he should. We always talk about KJ Hamler being injury prone. I mean, Tim Patrick, the reason he really fell in the draft, I mean, he missed his entire yeah. junior season. He missed a, a lot of time before that. He's now had these two injuries. You know, you look back to 2020 saying, oh, my goodness, these four receivers. They are, you can't be too surprised that those two guys got hurt a lot. It's terrible, and obviously this is pretty close to the worst-case scenario, having constantly one of those four hurt. Right. But they did invest in injury-prone players. That's kind of a fact. Um, But with Tim, I say he restructures this offseason. I I think he takes the pay cut. Um, They add some incentives, or maybe just add... Take uh, what they can... They can save nine and a half. Maybe they cut five million off and add three million in incentives. I think it's going to have to be a massive pay cut for Tim to be back. Over these past two years, Tim Patrick has made $15 million with the Broncos. He's going to make another eight and a half this year. So uh, since signing that deal, he's going to get 20 over $23 million for the Broncos. Next year, they owe him $10 million under the current contract, $2 million in dead cap. His cap hit will be $13 million He's not going to be on this team for $13 million. Henry, I'm thinking almost a, a vet minimum prove-it deal, Tim being mm. back. And maybe there are some incentives for him to get yeah. $5 million back, um, like a very, very incentive-laden contract for him. Um, but Tim's probably only going to get vet minimum or, or close to that prove-it deals from other teams, and I think he yeah, would want to come back to, to the Broncos depending on who the quarterback is, how the contract looks. But um, I don't think in any world Tim Patrick is back next year with a $13 million cap hit. No. Again, it's $10 million they can save. So the question just becomes, how much are you willing to pay him? Like if he was, if his contract expired after this year, what do you pay him? What What is the most you would offer? And that's that's what that contract gets cut down to. I, I think there would be enough teams bidding that it wouldn't be just the pure vet minimum, you know, million and a half, whatever that is now for somebody his age. But I don't. He hasn't played football since 2021, Henry. But I don't think it's over three million. Okay. Yeah. It probably isn't. That's that's probably what it goes down to. And then you throw some incentives on there. But he, he doesn't have much choice but to take it. No, no. Especially because even before, like, again, He's been a really good player. There's a lot of reasons to be excited about what he could have done, what he could do in the future. 
he had a couple 750 yard seasons. Right. You know, that right. it's it's not right. like he was a pro bowler. Right. And, and and that's why the bids won't be super high. And he'll know that. That's what his market is if he says no, just cut me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd absolutely, Henry. So um it's it's such a bummer. Someone in the comment section saying is it the same leg as last year? And no, last year Tim Patrick yeah. tore his ACL on his right leg. This is his Achilles on the left leg. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes it better or worse, but uh, but yeah. just such a bummer. What is such it? a bummer for? What Tim. do you think it means for Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy next year? Next year, I think it gives them a better shot. Uh, Definitely. Of, now Jerry Judy, they did pick up his fifth year option, mm-hmm. so he's likely going to be back unless the Broncos decide yeah. to trade him. That's but that fifth year option is guaranteed. And you um, trade him, but the other, there would be no dead cap if you did trade him. Interesting. Yeah, but who's? I mean, that probably <laughs> it probably depends how how much Marvin Mims steps up. If if Marvin yeah. Mims is your number one at the end of the season, well, are you going to pay Jerry Judy fifteen, twelve and a half million? I think is what it is to be yeah. a number two, and then Cortland Sutton. I don't know what his cap it is. I think it's around eighteen million next year to be a number three. Hell no, you're not doing that. So you're making a move on one of those guys. Mm-hmm. But what it likely means. Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy are going to be Denver Broncos through the rest of this season. True. Whereas this morning, Henry, I I would have said it's more likely that one of these three receivers gets traded before the deadline, the trade deadline this mm-hmm. year, than not. Now, that's just, it's not going to happen. Obviously, Tim's not being traded, and I don't think they're going to trade Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy unless this season goes off the tracks terribly. And I hope that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but Henry, watching the offense today, I'm waiting for hope, waiting for life, and I'm not seeing it. Let's dive into that after I tell you about our friends over at Shady Rays. Man, Shady Rays is a topic of conversation among many media members today because it was bright. It was cloudy, so I think a couple of media members left their their uh, sunglasses at home. And then, of course, right when practice starts, it's as sunny as can be. It's as hot as can be. You need your Shady Rays when you're sitting on the berm at Denver Broncos practice for training camp or when you're out on the golf course or when you're drinking beers on the bre- or, or on the illegal Pete's patios. You're going to need your Shady Rays a lot the next couple of months. And in Colorado, it doesn't matter if it's summer or not. You need your Shady Rays because 300 days of summer and you can get 50% off two or more pairs over at ShadyRays.com by using that promo code DNVR. We love Shady Rays. We know you're going to love them too because over 250,000 people have given them five stars. So make sure to check out ShadyRays.com and use that promo code DNVR. And uh, make sure you check out Breckenridge Brewery as well. Like I said, I was here for the UFC fights on Saturday. Oh, that reminded me. You know what today was with the receivers? Did you watch the Justin Gaethje fight? No. I'm not surprised. No. Um, I usually don't watch those either, but I was like, yeah, I'll do some betting, go talk to people, whatever. Um, But basically what he did was he he had like this little punch. It was like right hand and drew the other guy's left hand in just Mm, a little bit to block it. It was a bait. Just a little bit and then a big kick right around oh, and he got like brutal. a little piece yeah and so that knocked him out but then as he not got knocked out Gage just like jumps and like punches his face on the ground oh, that seems rude yeah well the ref is like on his way into like stop it. but that's <laughs> yeah, how you like make that... sure you can't stop until the ref stops <laughs> oh you. my gosh but i was thinking that's what this felt like we're like 
the big mm, knockout blow yeah, is like yeah. uh, the kick to the face. That's Tim Patrick. But also while you're down, here's just a little shot to the head that you'll never remember. Yep. Because the, yep. with KJ Hamler going. Gosh. Um, but uh, that was that was fun because of Breckenridge Brewery and because I made some money. Um, but but mostly Breckenridge Brewery. Um, the uh, Palisade Peach. I think. Um, New beer of the month tomorrow. I'm curious what that'll be. Mm. Uh, there are no bad options, though. So go to breckbrew.com. Use the beer locator. You can pick up whatever beer you want, probably near you. They're in most of the country. Um, with the beer locator, it'll tell you exactly where to go for whatever beer you want to try. And, Henry, really quick, before we get into the, the how, how back is Russ, you mentioned how so many people are supporting Tim today yep. in terms of fans. So many, so many fans are supporting Tim Yet, it might not be the same reaction when it comes to K.J. Hamler, Mm -hmm. um, for whatever reason that is, and and I think that's completely wrong. Remember, K.J. got into a very, very dark place when two years ago he was dealing with both of the hip um, and uh, was it the hip and the leg injury at the same time? Um, and just had his mental health was about as low as it could be. He, Mm -hmm. He opened up and told us, so make sure that when you're tweeting and uh, talking about these guys that they're human, um, especially someone that that's been down in the dumps before. So Mm -hmm. um, just remember that when you're talking about these guys, it is always just interesting how different it is. And and usually you can like add it up with Tim Patrick undrafted receiver comes to make a name, makes a name for himself. Right. But also then there's like Billy Turner last year. Everybody just hates Billy Turner. It's like yeah. screw this guy, he's just taking money, all that stuff. Well, but everyone really hates him now. They do, and that and Broncos. That's country. actually for good reason. <laughs> that second part. But I mean, it's it's not like he didn't want to play. It was really the team's mistake to bring him in, the guy who's injured, to say like, oh, here's our starting right tackle, an old man who's injured. Yeah. But instead, everybody it's like, no, oh, I hate Billy Turner. I can't believe. And meanwhile, it's all love for Tim Patrick. So maybe just bring that love to everybody who gets hurt because they want to play football too. It's true. It's very true. Someone that did not receive a lot of love last year, Russell Wilson. We watched his practice today. First, man, have we even said that the pads were on today? First no. fully padded practice of camp. Ugh. That was supposed to be the storyline today. It Henry, was. today we were supposed to be talking about how Randy Gregory just, you know, uh, drove Garrett Bowles into the ground or yeah. something like that. There, there were pads popping. Uh, Alex Singleton popped Javante Williams or something. Javante popped Josie Jewell. And instead, yeah. it's about just devastating injuries yet again to Tim Patrick. But we did continue to watch practice. Practice went on despite Tim Patrick going down. And let's get to the how back is Russ to break down his performance today. You hear? Hit it. Let's see how Russ was. Here we go. Oh, is it? Oh, let's go back up. Let's go back. Oh, no. No. It's a let's ride. For those listening, that's the very worst Russ that he could have been. I think they remember that. Oh, they do. There 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 are many things worse than let's ride. And uh, today was about as bad as it could have been for the offense. I mean, you see Tim go down. Um, and then you see Russ pretty much do nothing when it comes to throwing the ball in the air. Now, this was the shortest pa- practice of camp, only an hour and 45 mm-hmm. minutes. And the first hour, would you say, is not team stuff. No. Maybe they do a little seven-on-seven seven at the very, very end of that hour. Um, but I only have 
just over five throws for Russell Wilson. We're not allowed to give stats exactly. Yeah. So I have just over five throws for Russ and team period. So not a big sample size. In a game, you're thinking he's dropping back 25 to 35 times. So much bigger sample size. Russ could have turned it around. But we just have to have to, have to tell you what happened today. And Henry, it was not good. And it started from the very first pass when Russell Wilson airballed Jerry Judy. That's how I had it. Jerry was coming across the middle of the field. Damari Mathis in very good coverage, by the way. But Russ throws the ball up. Very good protection, by the way. That's something that's been an issue for Russell Wilson. And this offense is just Russ constantly being under pressure these first couple of days of camp. Wasn't the issue with this one. Mm -hmm. Russ sails it uh, uh, three feet. Yeah. Over Jerry Judy's head. It's lucky that Justin Simmons or Caden Stearns or Kareem da- mm-hmm. Jackson, just a deep safety, weren't just right there and it hit him. But mm-hmm. the ball did fall incomplete. But I mean, just a bad throw from yep. Russ. And it's one of those where I don't know that he was trying to hit Jerry. Mm. I think it was kind of a, a throwaway because Damari was all over him. It's like the he just... only time he had time to throw oh, definitely. the ball, though. That, it was the best protection all camp. And that was with a blitzer, too. Yeah. And the running back picked yeah. it up perfectly. Yeah. I missed who that running back was, but. That yeah, it was probably P. Ryan or Javante. It definitely yeah, it's gotta be one of them. But yeah, Damari, great coverage on that play was the story to me. Yeah, yeah, yep. it just and the just protection. smothering coverage. Yeah, yep. and the protections. Which by the way, um, Garrett Bowles and Mike McGlinchey were out there today. Glad to see McGlinchey back. Obviously, he dealt with the death in the family last week. Yep. he was back today, um, and it helped at least for that play. But then, what didn't help? is the very next throw that Russell Wilson had in team period. He's oh looking for or he's looking for yeah, Jerry Judy on the left side kind of a, a corner route. Um 30 yards downfield, 20 mm-hmm. 30 yards downfield. Russ throws the ball under pressure. Jonathan Cooper was there. A lot of people thought it could have been a sack. It was a sack. It, it was a sack. So so Russ would have been sacked um by Jonathan Cooper, really good play, but he still throws the ball and uh, my issue wasn't because I, I I'm okay if you if you are sacked but you still throw the ball. My issue was the throw was awful. It wasn't like it was a bad decision necessarily. Yeah. He threw the ball like a yard or two ahead of Judy, and it was just right to Justin Simmons. Yeah. It. So I'm I was watching the sack. You know, and I, was, I wasn't. Yeah. I was watching the the pass. Yeah. And real, I guess real quick on that. So McGlinchey got beat by Cooper. McGlinchey and Quinn Miners were incredible in the one-on-ones. Mm. Like, unbelievable. And McGlinchey stole John Cooper's lunch over there at one point. But those two were incredible. That play, not good at all. Mm. Um, He dipped under him or just got around him? I think he just got around him. Okay. Yeah. um, But then the throw, it almost looked like Jerry must have given up on the route. And I don't think he did because it wouldn't really make sense. Like, it's not like he's looking in the backfield because he was like three steps away from the sideline or four steps from the sideline. Meanwhile, Justin Simmons was almost to the sideline. And so Russ threw it out there and Jerry was still two steps back. And it's just a thing that doesn't make sense. Like how and it's not, I don't know how Simmons would get out that far in front of him. But it was, it was not a good play, not a good throw. Everything went horribly at every step. Yeah, not a good play for the offense in general. Um, but it did result in an interception or a sack. Not good for us, not no. good for the entire offense. Then the next team period, the last team period of practice, just showing you how kind of short practice was. Yeah. Russell Wilson made his first completion of practice to an offensive player. Yep. Do you know that offensive player's name, Henry? 
Jerry Judy. No, before that. Oh, before that. Mike McGlinchey. Oh, is who yes, his yes, first yes. completion was. <laughs> Again, just to highlight how tough today was. A batted yep. pass. I didn't see if if the the pass hit the back of a lineman uh, or if it was batted down by by a defensive lineman. I didn't see that part, but I saw Mike McGlinchey catch it and run. If that is your first completion and it's not the very first play, something has gone terribly yep. wrong, and that is how that kind of highlights the day in terms of how it went for <sighs> Russ. Yep. Then the next play, I have a seven yard completion to Cortland Sutton in the middle of the field, oh, okay. and then. The best throw yep. of the day by far from Russell Wilson was that completion to Jerry. Did you see it? Um, I believe I did. I'm missing in my notes. Maybe I didn't. I it, might have been walking it by. Was a, uh, it, was a, it was an out route about 20 yards down the field, um, and Jerry was wide open. Russ put it right where it needed to be. Jerry caught it, um, not in the air. Uh, like he, he wasn't jumping in the air, caught it. Got both feet inbounds right before the sideline, so it was really good play by Jerry Judy. Good footwork, um, and, and Russell Wilson did a good job getting the ball there. Mm-hmm. That was by far the best pass passing play of the day, because yep. then UN practice one that was that was also on Damari. Yes. I don't have it written down. And I'm I not believe sure where it he went. was pretty open, though. He was. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and I, so that I, was kind of the you got him back after right. the first one. Right. So that that was a good play, but then. Uh, The last pass of practice, um, Russ was scrambling around the pocket, then stepped up and threw a laser for Brandon Johnson in the middle of the field. But Henry, your guy came in with a big pass breakup. It's once a day. Yep. And you know what the crazy thing is? This is the this is a short practice. There aren't a whole lot of things to write about. Right. I finally get to write Jaquan McMillan. Once a day, he makes a play. (laughs) And uh, he did again. I mean, it's yep. every single day he yep. makes a play. Yep. yep. And, and Pat was talking about him after practice, too. Yep. Wasn't even like asked about him specifically. Just asked about the young DBs. It's like, yeah, Jaquan, he's, he's out there making plays and he's confident, too. He knows where to be. It's just like we, we saw at the end of last season, that final game when he was out there making plays, too. That's a that's a real player like that. That's a guy who's going to be in the NFL for a while. Like, I'm, I'm not sure if he has a path to starting this year. Like I, I just don't think he can pass Damari unless things don't go well. No, Damari's been pretty solid. Exactly, too. but I think that he is pretty clearly your third cornerback, and I think that. What about K1? I mean, he's just slot. I've, right. That's a different category okay. to me. Yep, but boundary guys. I mean, that's he's your third guy, and in the future, who knows? Maybe he gets an opportunity here. 5'10", 183 pounds, an undersized, undrafted cornerback that's making plays in camp. Reminds me of Chris Harris a little bit. So, yeah, Jaquan is really impressed. I mean, this Broncos secondary, unsurprisingly, just continues to impress, whether you're talking about Caden Stearns, Pat Sertan locking things down, uh, Damari Mathis making plays, and then Jaquan McMillan is right in there in the conversation so you just love to hear it for the defense because the offense henry i mean i'm i'm not it's just more of the same from what we saw last year last yep. year it was just the offense getting beat every single day in practice the defense absolutely trolling them it's pretty much been the same i mean we've given out a couple of rust meters we've had a couple of two or ones we've had a two we've had a three and that's the highest it's been i need to see russ break out we never saw him break out last year and that was indicative of what was to come russ had an awful season as everyone knows last year 
at some point, I know defense always starts off hotter in training camp than the offense, but mm -hmm. we're kind of approaching that time where it's time for the offense to show some life, especially through the air. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you just, just got to give us something, you know, that that's seven on seven on Saturday. I was like, oh boy. Yeah. Look, he's cooking. He's dicing it up the way he should. Right. Hit the hit the pass on the, the his first throw of the team drill, and I was like, okay. All of a sudden, you're through like two of the four periods where he's going up against a defense. Yeah. Everything's going well, and then it all fell apart. Yeah. So, at some point, I feel like we have to see it. But again, I mean, the way this offense is built, I think the reason we've seen so many checkdowns is because that's how it works. Check down, check down, check down. Oh, look, Damari stepped up on the receiver in the flat, leaving a guy way wide open deep. That's where the big plays come from. They right. don't come from, hey, let's throw it deep. Let's just throw up a jump ball. And you just got to get some of those opportunities to work. But without Tim Patrick sucking that defense in over and over and over, I'm, I'm scared because yep. there's just no replacement for him. Yep. On this roster. Yep. I'm I I'm completely agree. I'm I'm nervous what this means as well. Um this has been a dark podcast. Not very many good things to say no. about this practice specifically on the offensive side of the ball. But Henry, I couldn't say more opposite things about what is going on here at DNVR. Oh, oh you are know, we saying it? Obviously, we are not. Oh, uh, we're not <laughs> saying it. That's the tease that I want yeah. there. We've got, obviously, Alexis Perry rolling with us uh, through training camp. We've got James Palmer jumping on shows with us, and we've got another huge announcement coming down the wire. Stay tuned. Could be this Wednesday. Could oh. be next week. We'll see. But I'm telling Ooh. you, all of you, are going to go crazy for this announcement. It's awesome. It's a pretty good one. It's awesome. It's pretty good yep, one. Yep, yep. Henry and I found out yesterday, and you guys are going to absolutely love it. Yeah, here doesn't even know. We're going to knock his socks off with this as well. But make sure you're rolling with us on YouTube. Subscribe to DNVR Sports on YouTube. Subscribe to our podcast. Hit us with a five-star review. Hit us with a thumbs up. I guarantee you, you guys are going to want to hit us with a thumbs up when you hear this news. Um, we're building it up. For a damn good reason. It yep. is going to live up to the hype. So hit us with those thumbs up. We really appreciate it. And also give some love over to thednvr.com. Become a member with us mm -hmm. and you're going to get 20% off merch. You're going to get so many exclusive deals. You're going to get a free t-shirt when you sign up and you become a diehard with us. 15% off your tab at the bar for diehards only. 20% off all the events we have. We have some tailgates coming up and you will get exclusive merch as well. So make sure to become a diehard with us because... It's about to be football time, and you are going to want to make sure to be rolling with us. So we really, really appreciate everything and, and all of the support. And stay tuned for later this mm -hmm. week. Okay, Henry, let's get to some other observations before we hop into okay, the comment cool. section. Yeah. Also, real Unless quick. Unless you had something to point to. We're just throwing – I get throwing the names around in the chat of the receivers on the roster – and maybe somebody pops, but it's worth remembering. I mean, Marcus Callaway had a good season. He did have a good season. You can't take that away from him. It's yep. 600 yards. Hasn't done much the other seasons. Leading receiver that year. Wow. <laughs> and uh, there's. I'll a, remind you every time. Uh, why not? I mean, and, and he's probably the favorite for Tim Patrick's job. And you hope it's not too big of a step down. It's a basically a guaranteed step down, though. Um, Kendall Hinton. Again, this, if he makes the team, it'd be the first time making the team out of camp. He's Ooh. been a, a nice rotational piece can fill some different roles 
But again, not somebody who's put up numbers. Brandon Johnson, a couple nice plays. Yep. He's who I have ne- up next. Jalen Virgil's right behind him. Oh, I mean, he's moved up a little bit. I think he's had a pretty good camp. But again, nothing really to point to. Well, Jordan Humphrey, I've seen that in the chat. Again, like we're talking about a guy who wasn't even on a practice squad for the second half of last season. Like couldn't couldn't get a job anywhere for the second half of last season. And expecting him to come in and match Tim Patrick's production, a guy who's had at least 700 yards in, in both the last two healthy seasons, it's tough. You know, he oh he does he has just over 300 receiving yards in his career, four years. Like that's that's Montreal, not somebody yeah. you no. expect to be productive. Um, Montreal Washington, you know. Taylor Grimes, hey, that's my undrafted guy. Uh, but still, that's an undrafted guy. Then you got Michael Bandy. Like on the roster, you're there is nobody who you could really say hey, there obviously is a replacement. Marcus Callaway is the only one where you could say maybe not too big of a step down. Everybody else, you pretty much have to accept it's either a big step down or somebody's made a massive jump. I mean, Henry, to put it simply, there's three guys on this on this wide receiver squad right now that are guaranteed to make the team, and. Yeah. Uh, if now this obviously was never a possibility, if KJ Hamler was healthy all off season and, and last year as well, then you'd be talking about five guys guaranteed yep. to make the roster this year. But now with Tim out with KJ, not on the team anymore, there's only three guys guaranteed to make this squad. When you thought you were going to have a really deep position crazy? at wide receiver, it's crazy how things can change and uh, Broncos are going to make a corresponding move. It may be a bigger name, could be Julio Jones. That would surprise me. Yeah. I think the league has kind of said what they think of Julio mm-hmm. Jones at this age right now. Um, but regardless of what it is, you're not bringing in a savior right now. You're just you're not doing that on yeah. July 31st or August 1st tomorrow. Um, I okay. think the case for Julio, I mean, played 10 games, 299 yards last year in a bad offense. Year before, Tennessee played 10 games, 434. Like, that's Man. still better production than anybody outside the top three. Yeah, but, I mean, talking but, saviors, talking just instantly replacing Tim Patrick, potentially being your number one receiver on your team, or at worst, your number three. That's the thing. Yeah, that's, that's not going to happen if you're looking for a there. big body who can catch some hitches between the numbers. Sure. Sure. That's... He's a, He's a better bet than anybody but Marcus Callaway, and there's probably a debate there. And you know what sucks? And he's about, not a good bet. You know what sucks about all of this, uh, uh, besides the injuries, <laughs> is what? this is the number one paid receiver room in the entire NFL. It's crazy, and some of that's the cap manipulation. It all like Tim Patrick's had the restructures, so some of his money hits this year. But yeah, I mean, it's rough. It's really rough. Like that's uh, we've we've talked a lot about it, but. Where does this receiver room even rank in the NFL at this point? You know, you've got you've got two Man. proven receivers, and they're not like proven Pro Bowl receivers. They're proven, yeah, they should be starters. They should be starters in the NFL. Right. That's what they've proven. And behind that, there's nothing proven about anybody. Yeah, a lot of people, I, I feel like we should bring up his name because a lot of people have brought him up. Michael Thomas, obviously, the big connection with, yep. with Sean Payton. Henry, if the Saints are going to pay for some of his contract and you're going to give up a sixth-round pick for him, sure. But I don't think that's going to be the case here. Michael Thomas hasn't played meaningful ball in, what, three years? Four years? I mean, for more than a couple weeks. He was sick last year. I had him on my fantasy team last year. He won me a couple games early on. But But only for a couple of weeks. Exactly. Right. 
Right. And this year, he has a cap hit of $14 million, dead cap of $36 million. So um, right there, that shows you that the Saints will not be trading him. Yeah, and he has that weird contract. It's tons of void yeah, years. The and contract stuff. notes in there. Yeah. Yeah, because it advances like the nine plus four plus one. The so, Saints aren't trading him. To, no. He, that's here's the what thing. happens. That if if they trade him right now, they eat thirteen million dollars in dead cap this year and eighteen million dollars in dead cap next year. Exactly. So you're not going the the Saints aren't going to trade him for a sixth mm-hmm. round pick. Yes, and that's why the Saints have the crazy cap stuff where... So if the Broncos were to take him, it'd be 1.2 this year, 1.2 next year. That's awesome. But the way the cap hit is, if the Saints let him play out those two years, it's 14, then 10, then 9, then 4, then 1. So you get to spread all that out over the five years. But if they trade him, bang, it all advances to mostly next year. And for a six-round pick for a team that's that cap-strapped, like there's a reason they've built that contract to go like that. Trading him would be next to impossible. That's why you'd have to give up something good. Um, let's see. Oh. And you're not doing that for an injured wide receiver in a room of injured wide receivers. I know. That's it's it's it reminds me of like betting or gambling. You're like, oh no, I'm down a hundred bucks. I better find a way just to get that hundred. Let's just, baby. just one hundred on black and see if I get it all back and dodge it. And what do people say about that when you chase? Don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. Don't, don't do, do it. it. And that's why the Broncos will not be doing that. Um, Henry, some other some other notes from today's oh, practice. Actually, this just finally loaded. Okay. So week one, five catches, 57 yards, two touchdowns. Then six catches, 65 yards, and a touchdown. Then he got hurt the next week, 40 yeah, yards. Yeah, So even, I guess, receiving numbers weren't massive. But three touchdowns in two and a half games. Is- yeah. You're not trading a first-round pick for that, though. No, you are not. And uh, if... The Saints might not even do that for a first-round pick. Maybe they would. I don't know. They They'd probably have to don't. for that. Do they even have the cap room to do that, though? I mean... To take on all that dead cap. They, they, there would be other... Mo- I mean, they, they know how to restructure. <laughs> if anyone just, does, it's them. Congrats, Derek sure. Carr. Your $20 million bucks in salary or whatever is now a signing bonus. Yeah, yeah. I guess he's new, so he probably doesn't... They couldn't do it with him. There's right. somebody. There is somebody. <laughs> yeah. um, interesting today. Frank Clark and Riley Moss were not out there on the practice yeah. field. And uh, what did Sean Payton say about that after practice? Oh, what was the phrase? It was it was a it was team a, club decision. It was a club decision. A club decision. Huh? What does that mean, Zach? What does that mean, Sean? <laughs> Sean was asked about this and said essentially the club decided that they weren't going to practice today. Oh, so um, they were given a day off? Not nope. a rest day. Yeah, not a rest day. Um, There's nothing to report. Yeah, nothing to report. And he said uh, he was asked just a little further about that and said something along the lines of like, uh, we'll we'll let you know when we're ready for it. Yep. Huh. Huh. So that's terrifying. It it, it was excused as well. Yep. So excused, but they weren't given the day off, but they weren't out at practice. And we're talking about a rookie and a veteran of all veterans. We're talking about <laughs> yeah. two new guys. We're talking about a guy that was on the podium on Saturday and had some pretty interesting comments. Interesting, not necessarily bad. Could be taken bad in one way. I think a lot of Broncos yeah. fans actually supported Frank. They were Clark divisive with his yes. Divisive they they the were word, yeah. divisive. Seemed like it was comments that Sean Payton would get behind because he kind of wants to yeah. change the culture. 
Who knows if that had anything to do with it? Found those two things. I found those very interesting. Club decision and Henry. We may learn in a year after being around uh, yeah. Sean that club decision is no big deal. We may learn that club decision means you are in the doghouse. So yeah. we don't know right now, but that's something we're going to follow. If they're both out there on the practice field tomorrow and there's no update, then it's like, okay, just a weird little thing. But mm-hmm. they're not there tomorrow. Missing two days in camp when it's not taking a day off, they're not yeah. giving a day off is interesting. So that's something to follow. Real yeah, quick. Definitely. Is, it, is there a chance that they got into, like, a fight between each other? And they're like, hey, like... There's a chance. That could but be see, a like, club decision. Like, it's just a weird thing that it's it's Riley Moss and Frank Clark. Right. Because it's one of those... Like, it's like, oh, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. It's like, oh, did they get into some... Tr- they were out too late last night. Like, right. is something like that get a suspension? But those just aren't two people that you think are spending <laughs> a lot right. of time together. Like, right. how would they even know each other? Like, Frank's been there for three days. Right, right, right. Like, yeah, I know. It's... <laughs> It's very confusing. Yesterday but- was a day off. So if Yahir wants to go down that conspiracy route, I mean, did something happen on the day off? Again, yeah. we'll kind of... We'll, Were they both we'll- separately late for a meeting? Sure. Right. It could be that. Yeah. It could be that. And you know who's not going to handle any BS? Sean Payton. Unless it's his own. Unless it's his <laughs> own. <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, uh, somebody asked about J.L. Skinner, how he looks. That's a big dude. Mm. That number 34 makes him look even bigger. What a great question to ask Henry, because I think every single day you're either talking about it like how he's looking bigger in this new number, how he's just looking big. You're asking where he is. You you love JL Skinner. I really Understandably do. Understandably so. I think there was one play where he was in coverage on uh, Greg Dulcich on an out route. Or no, it might have even been a crossing route. No, it was little Jordan Humphrey. Sorry, that was my bad. Um, coming across the field, though, and just ran with him stride for stride. I think Russ was actually quarterback. Russ just had to throw the ball at his feet because there's no way to get it into him. Yeah. Um, not much notable. There was another play where, like, there was, like, a little throw to a running back in the flat, and Skinner's coming downhill, and you're just like, that running back's life may have ended <laughs> if this was a real game. But that's that's about it. He looks, he looks big, though. And he, I haven't noticed him giving anything up. Yeah, no, I agree. And Todd says Skinner on the PUP, how long? He's not on the PUP. No. Lo- no. Um, as Henry's describing, he's out there playing football right yeah. now. So. Oh, I was talking in Madden. What? I was not talking in Madden. Oh, yeah. I was, was like, wait, PUP. what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, should we hop into the comment section? Oh, can I just hit a couple more notes? Yeah, 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 please. Let's see. Um, I'm just going to spit these out as fast as I can. We need them. Oh, we that's need yesterday's the, notes. We need Michael Burton caught so many passes yesterday. Wow. In the flat. Just kept catching them. Just kept catching them. Yesterday, just on his day off? Saturday. Saturday. Sunday. No days off. It confuses me. Wait, is this is this our new segment, Back of the Roster, Hank? Hell yeah, it is. Hell yeah. Let's go, baby. Um, Oh, first play of team drills. TFL. Maybe not TFL. Big stuff from Drew Sanders. Mm. First play. You can yep. imagine what groups are in then. Yep. Um, Quinn Miners. Opened a massive hole for a big run on the third play. I guess we don't need to go play by play. Um, Josie also had a great play on a run stuff. Uh, Alberto missed a block that blew up a screen. And then that was the only time somebody went to the ground, actually. Because he was trying to like push the DB in the back and the DB... It was not a great play for Alberto. No. That's another one where it's like, oh, Especially when you're talking about a DB. There was another play where... He was trying to block Randy Gregory. Yeah, that's a tough matchup. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's um, and speaking of Alberto, if you want to hear from him, yes, catch our interview. I should say Alexis Perry's interview with him after practice today on YouTube. Yep. Uh, Yasir Durant, new guy. 
He had a nice block to open up a big hole for Julian McLaughlin. He is huge. It's unbelievable. Yes. It, it's unbelievable. Like, I was looking for him, and I, was, I happened to be looking in the wrong spot for him, which, again, think about what spot I'd be looking. And I look over to the other spot, and I was like, oh, there he is. Don't need binoculars for that one. Even though it's way <laughs> yeah. over there. Yeah, 6'7", um, 330. Jeez. Yeah. Massive. I've got some thoughts on him. So read the notes later. Those will have yes. all the notes, too. Well, and that is over at thednvr.com. Yep. If you're new to our coverage, not only we read the podcast, where we yes. do that on YouTube and anywhere you find podcasts, but we also have a website, thednvr.com, where Hank drops uh, just comprehensive yes. notes of everything you need to know about training camp practice. He does that every single day. We've also on social media, on TikTok, mm-hmm. on Instagram, on Twitter. You follow us at DNVR Sports or DNVR Broncos, and it's just comprehensive coverage. So make sure to give us a follow on all yep. of those platforms. Two and more- also hit us with a thumbs up, please. We need yes. to get to 200 before the show's over. I have to... Oh, I got to get my thumbs up in. Um, But Jalen Virgil, I think best day of any of the depth receivers today. Noteworthy. A little jet sweep. Another play. Just something to keep an eye on because yeah, that's it's competition now. now. It's important yeah. now. I've had Brandon Johnson in front of him. That might be evening out a little mm. bit. Um, And then finally, Tommy Hudson. A couple days in a row. Yesterday, we talked about him for the pushing and shoving with Randy Gregory. Yep. And that's why I probably won't write about him again. But. He's making a good block a day. There's one play with Kyle Ball. Looks pretty fast. I, there might be more of a competition between him and Alberto than I had previously realized. Mm. I think that's starting to heat up. I think Tommy Hudson's potentially forcing his way up the roster a little bit. And there you go. There you're, there's your insight from back of the roster, Hank, breaking it down like no one else. Let's get to some super chats really quick. First one coming in from our friend Valley Bandit says... You guys are great. Always get me hyped for the season. Also, I wouldn't be upset with Jarvis Landry. I mean, see, that's the thing, though, is like there's like four guys where I wouldn't be upset, especially if you could do it in a way with where there's no guarantees. Seems unlikely they take that deal. But I mean, it's we're, it's the end of July. If they want to play, then they, they got to prove it at some point. Yeah. And to me, if anyone's <laughs> available right now, it's typically for a reason. Yeah. It's not, especially these, we talk about bigger name guys who haven't been players for mm-hmm. a couple of years. That's why they're available. I mean, last year, Jarvis Landry started three games, played in nine games for the Saints. Sean Payton was not there. He had 25 catches, 272 yards. You're like, well, what about the year before? Played in 12 games, 570 yards, two touchdowns. The year before, 870 or 840 yards, three touchdowns. So, Mm-hmm. I mean, Jarvis Landry hasn't been, you know, very no. productive in many years now. And Maybe they do. They, they're they're going to bring someone in. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a name no one's heard of, but has the opportunity to as talent and they can move up um, or it's a bigger name guy. You just can't imagine there's going to be any game changing moves made. Yeah. And he'll turn 31 during the season, which is it's. It's not like Julio, who I think is like 34 now. Yeah. And you're like, there's there's probably nothing left there. It's like if Landry gets back to 2021 form, played 12 games, 570 yards. Yeah. Injuries that's starting to feel seasons, tempting. Though. Yeah. Exactly. That's where 570 is like, ah, that's, it almost does it. But when you're two years removed, like none of these guys am I like, there's a, there's a good answer. It's just that you got to pick one and roll the dice and it's probably not going to work out that well. Yep. Ex- I, one conspiracy theory. Yes. Hunter Renfro. Like, if, if the Raiders actually are moving on, there have been the rumors for forever, 
Like I think I think a slot guy could be a useful addition. You a know, trade what? with the Raiders, or are they just gonna uh, cut that's him? That's the thing. I don't I don't know if they actually are willing to cut him. And I, I haven't dove too deep into the rumors because like the Raiders I mean, are sign just me up. bad. But I mean, I think I think a slot piece, somebody yep. who can work the middle a little bit. Yep. If and anybody you sign at this point's going to have some limitations. Yep. Slot guy, most of their limitations are just that they're not field stretchers, they're not fast. Like I think that there's a role for that in, in a Sean Payton offense where he changes who's on the field so much. Another name we haven't mentioned that that I think is is going to open up a big role for with these injuries is Greg Dulcich, obviously from just a little different because uh, he's a tight end. But speaking of destroying the middle of the field, that should be Greg Dulcich's role this year, whether it's short or deep. Yep. He should be able to take advantage of that. He gets thrown a lot of footballs. He does. I think he's been throwing more balls than anybody in camp. Just not very accurately so far. There's some bad throws. There's some good coverage. There's a couple of good catches he's made. Yeah. There's, there have been some decent gains. Yeah. So, but I, I, we're getting to the point where that's becoming a trend in my mind. Mm. Greg Dulcich gets thrown the football a lot. Yep. Yep, and we know Sean Payton's had a ton of success with multiple different young tight ends, yeah. and Greg Dulcich is now his newest one on that. All right, let's hit one more super chat coming in. Oh, we got a couple from oh, Orange. Keep says, sending them. If we suck this year, trade everything for Caleb Williams. Man, in training camp, you don't want to be thinking about tanking already. No. <laughs> so if, imagine you're a team that needs a quarterback. Let's say Buccaneers get the number one pick. They don't have anything at quarterback. It's Kyle Trask. It's Baker Mayfield. Obviously, that didn't work out. Caleb Williams or Pat Sertan? Are you kidding me? I love Pat Sertan. He's great, but it's not even close. Caleb Williams for Pat Sertan, Jerry Judy, and Justin Simmons. Nope. Not even close. Trade everything. You're not getting Caleb Williams. Exactly. <laughs> it's just, it just not going to happen. <laughs> nope. Like, that's just worth so much more. I have to imagine they're saying at the trade deadline, if the Broncos are one in six or something, that's when they're saying trade everyone so that you don't win another game the rest of the season. Definitely. Henry, if we're having that conversation, I agree. It also means we're in just an awful place having that conversation. It's just a dark day today. It's tough not to think about that yeah, right now. Yeah, and I mean, clearly fans are going down that route as this well. This is how it started last year. Right. Like, this is how it started. Tim Patrick got injured on the sixth training camp practice last year uh, on August 2nd. Today is July 31st. This is the fifth training camp practice. I mean, it is pretty much deja vu in the yep. worst way possible. And I, I still think the Broncos finished with a winning record. It's just a day like this is... You got to make it it's, through it. It's yeah. It's one of those things like because it doesn't go away either. Though is the thing you show up tomorrow. Tim Patrick still hurt. Tim Patrick still hurt. And it, it's it's just going to be this cloud that hangs over the entire season. And it, it got him. It burned him last year. And I think yep. that they can handle it better with Sean Payton. And, yep. you know, what Saints his last year, one of seven teams that used 11 personnel less than half of the time. There's. There's things that you can look at, but that's a big, big, big blow, especially for a Sean Payton offense that wants to use the passing game like the running game, keep things on track to just kind of grind down the field a little bit. Tim Patrick is the best player in your roster for that, and he's mm. not he's not there anymore. Yep, it's a it's a massive bummer. Next one coming in from my biggest fan says, at least we still have DNVR. Thank you so much, my biggest fan. I mean, on a dark day. <laughs> What a great comment to, to, to make us feel better. We're here yep. for you every single day. And speaking, a little programming note, we're going to pod Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Going to take Thursday off and pod Friday and Saturday. The Broncos mm -hmm. are practicing all six of those days. But Thursday's practice, close to fans, which you know what that means, Henry. 
we can't say anything about practice. So it doesn't really make sense for us to pod on a day when we can't talk about practice at all. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday this week, stay tuned for some big news. And then yeah. Thursday and Friday, or Friday and Saturday as well. Stay tuned for some big news. Stay tuned for some big news. We got another one from Mike Trout. Says, feel like Greg Dulcich is going to become option three now. He very well could. And hello, Ryan Green. <laughs> he just gave uh, He just threw Hank off big time. Yeah, okay. Oh. At least that was just at Hank. He made a uh, rude gesture <laughs> and uh, totally threw Hank off. We need more adults around here. Um, good luck. Ah. Or oh. stay tuned. Oh. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> um, okay, next, uh, should we hop into the comments on the website? We got one coming in from our battle. Luke says, hello, friends. Alexis, hello. your addition to the podcast has been awesome, and I've really enjoyed your perspective. We'll As tell a recent- her you said that. Yes, we will. As a recent dad, girl dad, I also commend you and greatly appreciate your contribution as a woman to the sports world. Keep up the great work. Absolutely. And Alexis mm-hmm. has just been awesome. Um, although she's not on the pod today, she is still contributing to today's uh, Broncos coverage. Again, check out TikTok, check out yep. YouTube, check out uh, Twitter. Jeez, there's so many. I can just keep going yep. uh, for her coverage as well. And uh, Arvada Luke goes on says, I think Frank Clark's comments were aligned with Sean Payton. If you, the Broncos, want to have a rivalry with the Chiefs, you have to play like it. Which brings me to my final point and leads me to incite RK's earmuffs in perpetuity p- policy. Hank, and I say this with nothing but affection in my heart. Oh, no. What the heck, man? Arvada Luke has been close to this Broncos Chiefs situation, especially when we had the fort- or fortune to fall for a girl of the show me state. We beat the spread against Mahomes the last four to six, four no, out of six games. We don't care about the spread. <laughs> no, don't throw the spread. The Russell out there. Wilson edition of the Broncos, as allegedly poorly coached as they were, have lost by a total of nine points over two games. All time in the NFL era, we still hold a one-game lead in the regular season. We are undefeated against Kansas City in the postseason. That that isn't a situation you fear. That is a situation you know that Broncos money line is going to hit in a very juicy way. The only thing I fear is the dopamine rush from a ventral victory this season, juicing my cerebrum or, or Whoa, cerebellum there so hard <laughs> that I missed work for a week due to vibes. I'm too ready for this season to start. I'm too hyped up. I'm just trying to stay hydrated and maintain the emotional momentum because this season is going to rock. Arvada, Luke. Man, that is a way to end this podcast. Bring the vibes up. You want to tear them down, Henry? No, I want to tear them down. I just want to say that, I mean. I don't want to. I just am about to. It's a win or loss league. And if you're picking the Broncos to win these games, at this point, I think you're crazy. Like, I'm excited to see it, too. There's a chance it happens. Like, but we've seen these two teams over and over and over, and they just can't get over the, the hump. Like, they just can't get over the hump. So, I think what Arvada Luke said is, you know, the ultimate, ultimate reading the situation through orange glasses, orange tinted glasses by saying, you know, they've covered the spread four yeah, out of the past I don't care six about the games. Spread. They've only lost by four and a half points on average the past two games. I mean, Henry, you are right. It is a win or loss game. Um, and the Broncos haven't been able to. But... You can probably get pretty juicy odds betting on the Broncos <laughs> against the Chiefs this year. So if you want to get that dopamine, you want to get that uh, boost in your account, 
you can do that. Bet 365. Um, mm -hmm. Just get in there, and uh, I'm sure you're going to get some really good odds. We really appreciate mm -hmm. everyone rolling with us today. Hopefully the vibe's so much better tomorrow. Hopefully we're not talking Ooh. about another major injury, and hopefully we're talking about the offense. Get going. Arvada Luke wants a wager. Oh, what is come it? Back, come back in the future, Arvada Luke, and we'll wager. Tomorrow. Throw something in the comments. Let's wager, Arvada Luke. Yes. Chiefs Broncos. I can't believe Henry's going to freaking wager for the Chiefs. On I air, too. He's I not even trying to do it quietly yet here. You, Try I'm, to save Henry. Can you mute him or something? I'm not here to pander. <laughs> I'm not here to... Henry to doesn't deserve to be saved. I don't need to be he saved. Does, he doesn't deserve it. Oh, I just cannot believe Henry is just openly saying he wants to bet no, on the Chiefs I also right can't believe now. I'm like, cheering for the bets to lose. Uh, Luke's <laughs> argument's really good, saying that like the, the Broncos covered the spread of the last, what, five out of six, which means they're close with a good head coach that can actually manage time. It might be a win. He I mean, what is the average argument. spread been? <laughs> it's probably been an average double-digit spread. It's Even probably way, been right around Double-digit spreads, two touchdowns. I mean that they're within a score. So like, <laughs> That's not good. That's <laughs> not good. But it's better when that about how you talk about it. You're talking about like, oh, they're getting blown out 40 to 10. That's how no, you talk I haven't about throw, it. The only number I throw out is that it's been Henry 15 in a row. And it's just tough to... It's yeah. tough to... I'm, I'm just saying, it's one of the. What's another example? There's a... Oh, don't oh, bring up one the six straight to the Raiders. Don't oh, do it, God, Henry. No, please. No, not that. Henry um, is just like an AFC West appreciator. <laughs> it's not about the Broncos. He hates the Broncos. I don't the hate the Broncos. I'm just going to tell the truth regardless of whether it's good or bad. You know, we need to save Hank right now. Yeah. And let's end this podcast by hearing from Aaron Rodgers. Because according Oof. to Sean Payton, this story is done for now. But Aaron Rodgers got the last word yesterday. He was on NFL Plus and asked about Sean Payton's comments about Nathaniel Hackett, essentially saying it was the worst coaching job in NFL history that he's ever seen. Here's what Aaron Rodgers responded with. I'm not going to ask you about Sean Payton's comments directly, but I will ask you to maybe address Nathaniel Hackett as a coach and what he means to you and what he can bring to this Jets team. That story goes out there. I had about a million texts from people in the coaching community saying I was out of line. Was Yet you see Hackett out here. He's still pumped up. I don't think it affects him as much as maybe it affects everyone on the outside. And yet you and him have this great bond and union together where you've always had his back. He's always had yours. Yeah, I love Nathaniel Hackett. And those comments were very surprising. Um, to, for a coach to do that to another coach, my love for Hack goes deep. You know, we had uh, some great years together in Green Bay. Kept in touch. Um, love him and his family. He's an incredible family man, incredible dad. And on the field, you know, he's arguably my favorite coach I've ever had in the NFL. Just his approach to it, how he makes it fun, uh, how he cares about the guys, uh, just how he goes about his business with respect, with leadership, with honesty, with integrity. And... It made me feel bad that someone who's accomplished a lot in the league is that insecure that they have to take another man down to set themselves up for some sort of easy fall if it doesn't go well for that team this year. thought it was way out of line and appropriate, and I think he needs to keep uh, my coach's names out of his mouth. Keep my coach's name out of his mouth. Oh, my goodness. And then, like I said, Sean was asked about today. He said, we're done with this. Oh, Sean. We're not done with this. We may be done with this for right now on July 31st, but the Broncos play the Jets October mm -hmm. 8th. Henry, 
as excited as I am for the Broncos to try to snap their losing streak against the Raiders week one, as excited as I am for the Broncos to try to snap their losing streak against the Kansas City Chiefs a few weeks later, this October 8th game against the New York Jets is going to be spicy. Yep. I think the Broncos are going to beat the hell out of them. Oh, I, I really it. do. I, I really love d- it. The, when, when you get Sean Payton fired up about a game, like he's this, like, I, when he sits down and game plans, he wins. Like he's the classic, like he'll, he'll beat yours with his or he'll beat his with yours. Like there, he is the best game planner in the NFL. Like people want to make the case for Andy Reid, for Kyle Shanahan, any of that. It's Sean Payton, and I would not be surprised if he's already got a couple ideas. That's gonna be crazy. There might be a fake punt. There might be a oh, reverse. There's, there's gonna there be might crazy be a flea things. flicker. They are winning that game, and it's not going to be close. Like that's that's one that I feel pretty confident about. Also, wish Aaron, I had that confidence as you. Outside uh, of the Chiefs game, Henry, I think that's the most difficult game on the schedule. I so just, I do not I, view it the same way. Wow. I love your optimism, though. I'm going to need that come October 8th. Yeah. I. It's a must win for Sean Payton with, oh, with everything he said. Well, I wonder, let's see. I First of all, the Bet365 doesn't have odds up, which I, I think is a bit of a mistake because I'm ready to make some bets. <laughs> um, you're ooh, ready to hammer the Chiefs of, against the Broncos, and you're ready to hammer the Broncos against the Jets. As of right now... The Jets are minus 115 on the money line. Broncos are minus 105. So Broncos. That's, that's pretty That's pretty close to a straight yeah, pick. Yeah, yeah. That's about as close as it is as close as you can get without being one. Woo, I love it. The game is in Denver. <sighs> Can't wait for that. What is Aaron Rodgers talking about? He's insecure. Nobody's insecure. If somebody insecure doesn't come out and say, that guy sucked. I'm about to take this team in the playoffs. And that's not yeah, insecure. Yeah, I mean, the playoff comments is... And then he says at the end, he's just setting himself up, setting the team up for like letdown. It's like, no, bud, that's not what he's saying at all. But Aaron Rodgers loves Nathaniel Hackett. Loves Nathaniel Hackett like a brother, in his words, which his relationship with his brother is a little complicated. So we don't really know what that means. That is a good point. Um, The other thing is like, I wouldn't have been surprised if he picked any, like, he's like a father. He's like a son. He's, he's like a grandfather. <laughs> he doesn't have a like, son. <laughs> no, he's, he's like a cousin. He's like a fun cousin. Like any relationship I would have I would have totally bought into. But it is, it is interesting he chose brother. They're, they're, they're like equals. I wonder if it's big brother, oh, little brother. That is interesting. Like Because again, like grandfather, oh, I kind of get it. Son, definitely get it. Like, <laughs> if he called Nathaniel Hackett his like son, son, that would be incredible. He's like a best friend. Like there's Right, kind of, best friend probably. Any relationship good. between Aaron Rodgers and Nathaniel Hackett just wouldn't surprise me. Yep. Yep, and man, this pod has uh, been a little bit of a bummer. There's been some things that have really surprised me yeah. coming from your mouth, Hank. Um, and uh, tomorrow, damn, we're going to have a lot more. So make sure to hit us with the thumbs up, subscribe, turn on alerts. We'll be going live at 2.30 to break down day number six of Broncos training camp. Russ, give us a touchdown or something that we can talk about. Thank you all so much for tuning in with us. We'll see you tomorrow on the DMVR Broncos podcast.
Don't.